Hello, everyone, and welcome to the First Loved podcast. So glad you're here. So glad you're listening. Well, if you're like me and most Americans right now, we have been we've been forced <laughs> at some level to pay attention to the Republican convention and now the Democratic convention and. Quite frankly, both of these things are so disheartening to me. Um, I find both candidates people I don't want to vote for, and I don't know what to do about that, and I think we're all going to have to pray and ask the Lord for help. But I think in light of what I shared with you last time, what kind of came to the surface for me this week from both camps is the ongoing dialogue about illegal immigrants and about refugees especially the fact that these who are not citizens are getting a lot of benefits, a lot of advantages that seem to cost those of us who are citizens. So even more than the idea of illegal immigrant and the idea of refugee is the fact that the opposite of that is citizen. You and I are American citizens, or at least those of us who are American citizens. I don't know how far and wide our podcast gets to, but... So for that matter, too, if you're listening from any other country, you know, you are a citizen of the country most likely that you were born and raised in, and that's even part of your identity, is your citizenship, and what passport do you have, to whom do you belong? And in light of what I talked about last week about can we hear Old Testament texts today, looking at 1 Peter chapter 2, 9 and 10, where Peter took specific verses exclusively about Israel and applied them to the church made up of Jew and Gentile, and especially probably more Gentiles than Jews. So that was kind of easy as far as the fact that Peter did that explicitly and says, in that sense, we are now the people of God. But I think it was this banter over citizenship and refugees over illegal immigrants that it caused me to think of another passage from the Apostle Paul, where we also understand that we now are God's people, all of us, Jew and Gentile. And it's found in Ephesians 2. And I just want to begin uh, reading in verse 11, where he says, Therefore remember that formerly... You, who are Gentiles by birth, and remember Gentiles are non-Jews, and called uncircumcised by those who call themselves the circumcision, which again, circumcision was a significant identity marker for the people of God. He says, remember that at that time you were separate from Christ, excluded from citizenship in Israel, and foreigners to the covenants of the promise, without hope and without God in the world. The idea of citizenship, and he said that we were excluded from citizenship in Israel. And as far as Paul's perspective is concerned, remember that even last week Peter says you're a chosen people, and that he also mentions the royal priesthood. God's special possession and a holy nation, which is the very first words that God spoke to the people in Exodus 19. It's the fact that from their perspective, or even Deuteronomy 7, 6 comes back to mind too, where he says that he chose you out of all the peoples of the earth to be his treasured possession. From their perspective, they belong to the elite people group, 
to the elite race. They are the chosen ones. They are the ones picked out from all other nations. And as such, Paul says, and remember all that we have. Remember that, that you guys, or the opposite is that you are foreigners to the covenants of the promise without hope and without God in the world. That, of course, the greatest thing was that you had the living, real, true, sovereign God as your God, who had made them his treasured possession, and that he had blessed them and promised things for them. And even in this amazing passage in Romans 9, Paul says this, he says, For I could wish that I myself were cursed and cut off from Christ for the sake of my people, those of my own race, the people of Israel. Theirs is the adoption to sonship. There's the divine glory. There's the covenants, the receiving of the law, the temple worship, and the promises. Theirs are the patriarchs, and from them is traced the human ancestry of the Messiah, who is God over all, forever praised. In other words, in this list, Paul is saying, being the people of God, being a citizen of Israel, had the greatest privileges, benefits that any people group could ever hope to have on the planet. And he's trying to tell everybody else, remember, you were excluded from that group. But then he goes on to say, But now in Christ Jesus, you who once were far away have been brought near by the blood of Christ. For he himself is our peace, who has made the two groups one by setting aside in his flesh the law with its commands and regulations. His purpose was to create in himself, the NIV says, one new humanity or one new people out of the two, thus making peace. And in one body to reconcile both of them to God through the Christ by the cross by which he put to death their hostility. He finishes by saying, He came and preached peace to you who were far away, Gentiles, and peace to those who were near, the Jews. For through him, he says, we both have access to the Father by one Spirit. And finally, he says, Consequently, you, namely Gentiles, are no longer foreigners and strangers, but fellow citizens with God's people. Again, I don't know how it can get much clearer than that, that it's through Jesus, through the cross, it's belief in Him, it's the receiving of the Spirit that we not only get to draw near to God, we have access to Him, but that through Jesus and through all that He did for us, He took all of us from every nation and combined us, those who believe and filled with the Spirit, we have now become this people of God, the the citizens with God's people. And as such, we have all of this amazing benefit. And the greatest benefit of all, he says, is that we get to draw near. We have access to God. And as he said earlier, before you were without God and without hope. Now you have God and now you have hope. This is the benefit of being a citizen. And therefore, you're no longer a foreigner. You're no longer a stranger. Now, back to 1 Peter, is that Peter says, 117, Since you call on a father who judges each person's work impartially, live out your time as foreigners here in reverent fear. 
And right after he said that you had not received mercy, but now you have received mercy, verse 11, he says, Dear friends, I urge you as foreigners and exiles to abstain from sinful desires which war against your soul. Live such good lives among the pagans that though they accuse you of doing wrong, they must see your good deeds and glorify God on the day he visits us. I guess what I felt compelled in my time of trying to listen to the Lord and reading and studying and whatever, for all of you, us today, and especially in this season of this American election thing and whatnot, that first and foremost, you and I must, must, must own in our souls that our citizenship is as one of God's people, that we belong to His kingdom. And as such, it's made up of every ethnicity, every people group who has responded to Jesus and to the cross and filled with the Spirit. And I just think it's so important for each of us to recognize that you are no longer, for those of us who are American citizens, my American citizenship, I mean, that's what Peter's trying to say, is that you realize now that because you belong to the people of God, you no longer are a citizen. You are considered a foreigner, a stranger in the land you grew up in. You are considered a foreigner and stranger in even the bigger picture in terms of this fallen world, the kingdom of the enemy. But I think especially, I think he's really trying to encourage us that, that our loyalty is to God's people and to God and to his kingdom and to his ways. And that's above being an American citizen or a citizen of any other country or culture. Our loyalty has shifted. It has caused us now to become a foreigner in our own country, a stranger in our own country, because we belong to a new kingdom. We belong to a new people. And so here on the planet, we are as though visiting, as a foreigner and a stranger, we are as though visiting in America. And, of course, we are going to try to influence our neighbor, our culture, political decisions, whatever we can, in the ways of the Lord, because we believe that God is good and that His ways are good and that they're going to produce life and joy and health for all of us. And, and so, we continue to be involved wherever we can to assert influence in terms of the Lord's ways and the Lord's will. But I think most of all, is to recognize in this season that we have become citizens with God's people. We belong to His kingdom. And that changes our relationship to the world, to our own country. And I think most of all is that we need to hold fast and strong and tight to the fact that, yes, are there benefits in our particular countries and here in America? Yes, there are wonderful benefits wonderful privileges that we have. But ultimately, our citizenship, as Paul said in Philippians 3.20, he says, our citizenship is in heaven, and we await a Lord and Savior who is coming from there. And this is what we long and hope for that we're going to experience in the end. So I think to your heart and to mine today is that, first of all, that we would just hear Jesus say, you who once were far away, I have brought you near by my blood. I myself am your peace. I made the two groups, Jew and Gentile, but in that sense, I made all groups one. 
by setting aside in my flesh the law with its commands and regulations. And why did I do this? Because my purpose was to create in myself one new humanity out of the two, thus making peace. And I preached to you who were far away, and I preached peace to you who were near, so that through me all of you may have access to the Father by one Spirit. Lord, I just pray that you would cause us to have an amazing gratitude for the kingdom that we ultimately belong to, the, that we are citizens together with your people, and that ultimately these are the benefits, the privileges, the future hope that we have that really gives us peace, gives us joy, gives us hope. And then, Lord, as we are living again today and in this crazy season of, of elections that we're going through here in our country, Lord, I pray for guidance. I pray that you would guide us, that we would vote in wisdom and vote being led by you. But that most of all, Lord, no matter what country we are in, is that we would live in it as a foreigner and a stranger with our complete loyalty to you because you, you have made all of us one. You have done everything possible to remove the hostility. You have made us one new people, one new humanity, and you have given us the greatest, the greatest benefit of having access to the Father by the Spirit. Honestly, having hope of eternal life. Lord Jesus, we just so thank you. Thank you that I am a Gentile. Peter's sitting with me, a Gentile. How many of us are Gentiles? Lord, we are so, so grateful that you've included us. Where Paul said, once we were excluded, now we are included. And even so far as to becoming one of those people. So thank you for what it means to be your citizen, a citizen of your kingdom. And we love you, Jesus, for all that you did to make this possible. Amen. Love you all and have a great day.